Welcome to another edition of Flying Solo, a Golic family podcast. But it's just me, Flying Solo, though I'm not really Flying Solo. I'll get to that. But again, it's Flying Solo, Golic family podcast. You can find it wherever you find Golic family podcasts are in advance. All the different ways you can find it. You'll find this one as well, where I kind of branch off on my own. Since I don't have a show to talk to four hours a morning anymore, I kind of got to get it out somewhere. Uh, I call it Flying Solo. It's actually my wife's idea to call it Flying Solo. And yet, after the first one where I actually flew solo, <laughs> I have not flown solo since. Because okay, that's way overuse of Flying Solo. What are you talking about? I'm oh. first trying to reiterate that it's just Flying Solo. You came up with the name. You let me do it alone, the first one. And since then, you have been part of the Flying Solo podcast. You asked me to be. Did I? Yes, you was, did. Was I maybe... And guys, you know this, was I saying it to be nice, hoping or feeling, thinking you would say, no, hon, it's flying solo, you should do this on your own. But no, you said, yeah, I'll be part of it every single time. No, that's a lie. Is it? Why are you saying this? Is, this, is it a lie? I don't understand where this is coming is from. Is it a lie? You're geeked up on Halloween candy, aren't well, you? Well, I have dipped into it a little bit, something that we will get into. But uh, So we are, again, not flying solo. I'm just here for the question and answer portion. But you seem to always take things on a tangent and open up the discussion. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying, should we call it something different? Should no, we call? Because this should is we kind of some- te- this is kind of temporary until you find your your new home. Okay, so I, I get, we got a little couple more months before right. that's going to happen. Right. So, so we, we have to wait now, and see. And you're kind of flying solo because you've had a partner up until now. But you've been my partner for 33 years. This is true. And now you're bashing me for being here. Well, no, I'm not bashing questions. you. I'm just. You're I'm, acting like I nudged my way in. And you did. I did I, not. I'm opening it up to you right now to say, let's make this a duo and come up with a, a cutesy name instead of flying solo. If it if it somehow stays permanent, which I don't anticipate it doing, <laughs> um, <laughs> then we'll worry about it. right? But right now you're flying solo. Okay. And I just come and check on you All right. Right now and then. The Flying Solo Podcast, that's not solo. Okay, they got it. They got the name. I hope they haven't shut it off already. I understand. Well, all right, this is being uh, taped the uh, Wednesday before Halloween. So Halloween is a uh, big day in the Golik house because, well, we love candy. Uh, And I've reiterated time and time again, don't make this about yourselves and thinking that you're going to get some, uh, you know, healthy teeth kick uh, on this where you give out a toothbrush or a penny or an apple or something ridiculous like that. I stated this every year I've had a show, give out candy. You know, don't don't worry you're contributing to some kid's teeth or whatever. They'll deal with it, all right? Don't think you're the arbiter of, well, I shouldn't give out candy when that's what you do on Halloween. Give out candy. Give out big bars. Give out little bars. Give out whatever you want as long as it's candy. That is my PSA every year on Halloween, and I know you agree. Well, and I think a lot of times for the kids, it's the excitement of dressing up and going out and getting the candy. And I found with our three kids that after a day or two, the the like allure of it wears off a little bit. Because the candy's gone. They've eaten it all. That's not true. There's been plenty of years where I, after a couple days, I kind of just bagged it up and threw it in the freezer. Oh, yeah, what happens is a lot of times the kids don't eat the stuff they don't like as much. Right. You but know. I mean, they kind of grow tired of it too after a few days. So I threw it in the freezer and then every once in a while I'd throw a can, little candy bar or in their lunch. Yeah. Um, and it kind of just spread out But you know time. what never got thrown in a bag and thrown in a freezer? A toothbrush or an apple. 
example. No. It I, got thrown out. I'm not here for that. Like no. I'm I'm into dental hygiene as much as anybody. Yeah. But like for a couple days that Halloween candy goes on. Yeah, let's just let it go on. It's like a fun thing for kids, and I think especially this year, kids could really use it. Let's sugar up. Kids could use that. Adults who are walking around with them, get yourself a good old beverage. Yep. Put it in a koozie so nobody can tell what it is. Enjoy the night. Everybody be careful driving that night because if people want to get out and blow off some steam and let their kids hopefully, hopefully, I don't know how it's working in your areas where you're at. I know it's going to be different everywhere. Hopefully, there's something going on. But but I hope every town finds a way to yeah, make it fun. Find a kids. way to give a yeah. kid a piece because of candy. It's, it's been a rough year. Yeah. Adults know how rough it's been. It's been a rough year on yeah. kids. Give so. kids some candy. Give adults some alcohol, and we're all good. <laughs> I think adults have had enough alcohol. Yeah, that this is year. true. That one one thing that has been a, a positive for an industry: alcohol sales have been way up. There's no doubt about that. So we. We had exciting news this week that you're doing the Notre Dame game yes. on Halloween. On Halloween, I'll be doing the Notre Dame game. Notre Dame is at Georgia Tech. Uh, I was supposed to do a Notre Dame game earlier in the season, Notre Dame-Wake Forest, but Notre Dame had a bunch of positive COVID tests, so that game was rescheduled till December 12th. So, yeah, I look forward to doing that. I called a Notre Dame game back in, I think, 2000. It's been uh, a long time. It was at Air Force, At right? Air Force, mm-hmm. yeah, so... Yeah, but we're going to see a Halloween costume, Yes, right? I will be having a Halloween costume on. At some point during the game. We were given the okay uh, to wear a Halloween costume. Not that I was going to listen to that anyway. <laughs> if we weren't, I was wearing a Halloween costume. And I will have one. I have one picked out, and uh, it should be... it. it it goes along with the whitish hair and the beard I don't have right now. I, you know, it's a tease. Don't it's what you do in the biz, huh? Come on, it's a tease. But it kind of, um, uh, in preparation for the telecast, uh, we kind of dug up some old Mike and Mike Halloween costume footage yes. that I posted on Twitter. And uh, it got me to thinking, what was your favorite costume that you guys dressed up we in? We did some great costumes and normally you're the one who got them right they actually had a budget for it and you would get it for us right and we never got repaid no no Story even though we had a budget yeah. <laughs> just thinking about that they yeah. owe us a lot for those costumes Sorry, Harley. Sorry, uh, i mean yeah. but man uh we were star wars chewbacca i forgot what green was that year we were um a uh, Dumb and Dumber, Dumber. Batman and Robin, yep. uh, Austin Powers and Doctor Evil, Captain America and the Hulk. Yep. Uh, what was that Gangnam, Gangnam Style? Style? What, yeah. yeah, we were I the two of that. I forgot what they was, they yeah. were as well. That but was great because you made a video. On we of did. That too. We were we were both dressed up when Duck Dynasty was a was a big yeah. thing. So what was your favorite? I probably dug the Hulk the most because yeah. I smashed things on the set that day. There, it was funny. There was a clip of you two. When you were in the little tiny studio, oh and yeah, it was one of the very first ones. Yeah. And you were ketchup, ketchup and mustard. And mustard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we and were. So you kind of grew as we the, did as, as the, the studio grew. grew yeah. the, the budget for the, the costumes budget, grew. The budget was never involved, which meant we you yeah. spent more money yeah. for our we costumes. Just got more creative. Yeah, it's exactly yeah. right. But That's it, exactly it was right. Fun, so it was a lot of fun because the whole group, not just Green and I, the whole group. Would have right. wear costumes. We'd get everybody involved. That yep. was awesome. I think my favorite was when you did the video. We did a Gangnam Style yeah. video. Yeah, that yeah. was really a fun video. Took all freaking yeah. day though, man. Yeah, you uh, know, labor of love. Yeah, yeah, it was fun though. It yep. was it was a good time. So, uh, but so yes, I will be wearing a costume Saturday. We enjoyed doing the costumes uh, over the years, and uh, you know, hopefully, maybe at the new year, wherever I'm at, we'll start it up again somewhere. Yeah. We will see. We eat candy during the game. 
I eat candy during every game. It's just a matter <laughs> if it's on camera or not. Are you kidding me? What kind of question is that? The the bigger question is, will I eat something healthy during the game? That's, how many, okay, how many wrappers will be all around? Yeah, here? that yeah. could be an issue. There will be a bowl of candy there. There's no doubt about that. Um, so along with that, we have, uh, we have some questions, questions, normally what yeah. you're here for, but you he's, uh, end up hanging out a lot more than sorry, you know, whatever. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, is candy corn acceptable when mixed with honey roasted peanuts and M&Ms? So this is a big discussion in our house. Cause my son, Mike, who does, uh, his show at ESPN and the afternoon, but we've done this when we've been on the air together. We battle all the time. He thinks candy corn is fantastic. I, I like, I like candy corn. I, I, I don't, I don't love it. I don't mind it. I'll eat it if it's the last thing there. But for the most part, I don't like it. Right. Like, whenever there's that bowl, like, of all different candies in there and candy corn's part of it, that's always the last thing left in there. I that's feel like, always at the bottom of that bowl. Don't you feel like it's candy corn, Smarties? Smarties. And I love Smarties. I do too, but they go last. And sometimes the little things of, like, taffy. And Whoppers. Whoppers. And Those I are, love Whoppers yeah, as well. But, I mean, they're kind of low on the they list. Are, they are. They are. The candy corn, though, uh, I'm not a fan of. But, I like, you know, my thought on that is just, like, people that, that put uh, pineapple on a pizza. It's not my thing, but if you like it, go ahead. So if you like candy corn and want to put it with almonds or whatever, man, do your thing. I, I'm not here to, to battle anybody and say, no, that's not good. Uh, my top candy, though, and again, in the Golik house, we give out full-size candy bars. Now, we do have both. We have full-size and we have smaller because some of the moms who are bringing around little kids. like the little kids, they're like, you know, could we have smaller candy. I'm like, take the bigger and break it up into pieces. Are you kidding me? You get more. <laughs> But you know, hey, yep, I was trying to own, trying right. to appease them, so we we, uh, we definitely have them both. My favorite is is uh, I, I'm I'm Twix. Your Twix? I, I'm That's your favorite? Twix. Twix bar is my favorite. Then Hershey bar. Then Kit Kat. Then probably probably like Milky. Oh no, Reese's peanut butter cup. Uh huh. Milky Way. Three Musketeers. That's we're, probably my. We're so different. We are different. I know what your top is. I, I mean, I what, like almost all the candy that people consider the garbage what, candy. Man, I always bring it home for you, yeah. especially the at, almond at work. joy. The almond joy, because nobody eats almond joy. I you love, love almond, almond joy. joy. Yeah. I love Charleston Chew. I I know you do. Um, I now M&M. Charleston Chew is great in the freezer. I like oh, freezing. I like it, it soft. Um, M M&M and M peanuts. Okay, I like those. Okay, Snicker bars. I, I mean, I like all Those that. Those are my top four, probably. That's your top four. Yep. And I like Milk Duds. Wow. See, like I like the li- and the Dots. That's unbelievable. Again, yeah. things I'll eat, but things I will but not reach for. That makes us perfectly compatible, because if we had a, a Halloween bag, we My God, we've been it. married 33 years. Don't you think we're already perfectly compatible? Do you so. think we needed the oddities of candy to make us compatible? Just, you know what? It's just another layer of ah, compatibility. There you go. So. There's a layer of something in here. <laughs> Um, let's see what we got going here. We have a couple things about ND. Um, and I think that's kind of appropriate since you are doing the game this week. Chances Notre Dame is independent after this season. Um, if we're back to any kind of a normal schedule where you're playing other conferences, then Notre Dame will be independent again. If they have to go through, if they have to play just conference games like they did this year, they'll stay in the ACC another year. But whenever we get back to it, I got to believe at some point we're getting back to normalcy, they will be independent. They will not, they will not join a conference unless it behooves them to financially to do it. 
Right. And I, again, I have no problem with that. They are, uh, they, because the rest of their sports are with the ACC, they basically have, I think, up to five games a year in a normal schedule that have to be ACC. And that goes right now until 2037. Oh, wow. That deal. Okay. Goes that long. And if Notre Dame ever joins a conference uh, it, for football, it will be the ACC. But um, if we're back to any kind of normal schedule, Notre Dame football will be independent again. Somebody asked, "Do you will you and Junior call a football game together this season?" I, I hope so. We'll see. We've done it in the past. We've done two games together. I think they were both bowl games. One was a Hawaii Bowl, mm-hmm. and the other was a Pinstripe Bowl in New York. Uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Three man groups at times can be tough in college because, especially if you have two teams that that do that hurry up offense a lot. Right. Um, it gets tough. Uh, but we had a ball doing it. You know, he's he's younger. I'm older. He's offense. I'm defense. He's smarter. Uh, I mean, I'm smarter. He's dumber. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would think doing the radio show together would help you. Having done that together would help you oh, in the booth too. We, we would. I mean, we, we were pretty. We were pretty compatible when we did it. It was not an issue at all. It's a lot of fun. Actually, when we when we were together, the play by play person just gets in the way. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on Trevor Lawrence's latest comments? Listen, Tre- what's Trevor Lawrence going to say? Trevor Lawrence, for those who don't know, was asked if if the Jets have the number one pick, would you go back into the draft? What 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 is he going to say? Yes, no. You know what? At this point, you just keep it right down the middle. Yep. I'll have my choices and I'll make them then. You know, I'll I'll see what happens then. I mean, it does him zero good to give any definitive answer right now. Nothing at all. He says, I'm concentrating on the season right now. I'll worry about it at the end. I have options, which he does. So that is to me, that's the answer to give. Do you what how much credence do you give to the people in the media who talk about him staying at Clemson? Like I, I don't think he'll I, I think what will happen is I mean, there's a couple ways you can go about it. There's the John Elway when he got drafted by the Colts said he wasn't gonna play for him and you know, ended up you know, saying I'll just go play baseball because he was a baseball uh, pro- uh, prospect as well. So he ends up in Denver, and then there was Eli Manning, and the Manning family said, Chargers, don't draft me number one. I'm not playing there, and they did, but then they traded with uh, Phillip Rivers. Right. Uh, so Phillip Rivers ended up with the Chargers and Eli with the Giants. So you can do something like that to force the issue. I don't think any of the outcomes will be him going back to Clemson and playing. Right. I think the outcomes would be if he truly – truly wants to stick with that, he would end up being traded and it would go to another team before he would go play another year at Clemson. I think this is his last year in college football. I just feel like that this is so media-driven and that... We do. It seems like that we want to do this every year with we, every, we, we every want to first do, pick. We do, but unfortunately, teams like Cincinnati and the Jets have not gotten better. No, they haven't, but that's how the system yeah. gets like the parity within the league, is that these but, worst teams... But because of that, you're supposed to get better because you get top picks, and they don't. So I can understand why some people say, my God, you know... You get drafted by the Jets, you're going to football hell. You get drafted by Cincinnati, you're going to football hell. Look at Cincinnati now. Joe Burrow is playing very well, well but now will they build around him? That That's the thing. You've got to spend money to build around him. And if the Jets do pick number one and Trevor Lawrence is available, I take him, I've said this before, in a heartbeat. Right. But you've got to be able to build around that person as well. 
I've never gotten the idea that the Jets don't want to spend money, though. Well, I mean, then then there's the other side of it. Like Cleveland has gone through, they picked the wrong people. Mm -hmm. Through many different managements, many different coaches, and many different players, they just have picked the wrong people. A, that the wrong players, or B, players that were good but weren't developed correctly, or C, just flat out the the scouting department and GMs got it wrong. I mean, we we both agree that Sam Darnold was an incomplete product as opposed to Trevor Lawrence. Without question. Sam Darnold had turnover issues. Sam Darnold, everybody's saying he's not the issue with the Jets. Listen, I get it. The Jets have a lot bigger issues. They didn't get him. He has nothing to work around. But but just don't, I'm sorry, don't, don't tell me. If you have the number one pick, you're going to keep Sam Darnold over Trevor Lawrence. I, I'm just, it, it, to me, it's, it's not even a thought process at all. So we got a long time before we get there. Yeah. You know, and I, I think Sam Darnold could be a fine quarterback in the league. I don't know about an upper echelon. We'll see. You know, time will tell. Time will tell with all these young players. Um, but, but we have a lot of time yet for the Trevor Lawrence thing. What is your opinion on the replacement of Fitch, Fitzmagic with Tua? Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick being benched, I disagree with it. I'm not really sure I understand it. They did it before bye week. This weekend, uh, Miami now plays because the bye was last weekend. They're one game or a game and a half now out of first place uh, with Buffalo. Uh, so I, I, I don't, I'm not really sure I understand. The, the Rams are coming to Miami so, you know, have fun with that pass rush, mm-hmm. you know, with uh, Donald and, and yeah, Aaron Donald boys. Yeah, we just saw them with the Bears the other night. Holy smokes. Uh, now, Tua certainly can move better than, than Fitzpatrick to try and get out of the way. But forgetting even that, I don't understand the move in, in saying you can win with Tua, but Ryan Fitzpatrick going into last week or at the end of last weekend, the last time they played, he was the seventh highest QBR in the league. He was playing pretty well. And you have a team that was one game at that point out of first place. I don't get this move at all. I thought Tua would go in once Miami was out of this thing. Usually you do it out of necessity. Yeah. Like it's there. Just like Joe Burrow. Joe yeah. Burrow was going to be the starter. Right. Herbert got the job because Terod Taylor got injured by his own doctor. Right. But he's playing well. Right. But it's still for a team that's not going to win the division. So right. let him in there, let him play. But this is a team we see New England is down. The Jets aren't going to be anywhere. It's basically, it can be. Between Miami and and Buffalo, possibly, and now you're putting a rookie quarterback in. I, I disagree with it. It's interesting. We'll yeah. see. Maybe yeah. we'll see. We'll see and, what and, the coaches and, see. And, like we're not there right. every day, so perhaps they and, see and it's something. It's not like it's not like I dislike two no, at all. No. Not not one bit. I think you can be but a good quarterback. It's, but usually it's a, it's a luxury to have yes. somebody who's winning, yeah. and then you can wait a little while to yep. put the quarterback in. So. I, I find it odd too. Um, if you were building a team from the ground up, what current NFL quarterback would you like, and why? I mean, it would be Mahomes. It would be oh, Pat yeah. Mahomes. I mean, how, how could it not be if you're building a team now? Because Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, they're older, right? You know, He's you're, so young. Drew Brees. You're not. You're not taking those guys. Lamar Jackson, and the former MVP, is a hell of a player. But here, here's what I I would rather have: a great passer and a really good runner. Over a really good, a great passer and a really good runner over a great runner and a good passer. Right. Which I think where Lamar is right now, Mahomes is a much better passer and can run enough to be dangerous. Right. So that's why I would take, uh, I would take him. But listen, Lamar Jackson's right there. Kyler Murray's right there. Listen, the, the era of the, oh my God, if you're six foot or six one, you're not playing quarterback in the NFL is over. That's done. Guys are coming in from college now that are that size, and they can play. They can throw the ball. They can move. I think you still win 
mostly with a guy that can throw the ball from the pocket, but still now you can be dangerous running, but that can't be your best thing. Your best thing still has to be passing the ball, and an ancillary thing to that could be you're a hell of a runner. Now, Lamar Jackson's by far the best running quarterback in the league, but you know there are, there are degrees of it. Right. I still want my, my quarterback to be a great passer, starting from the pocket, rolling out of the pocket, and then running when need to be. Yeah, it's got to be the Hall of Famer, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be. Okay, one last one. How are the dogs doing? The dogs are doing well. Hank and Harry are doing wonderfully. Somebody asked me, I read one of the other questions in there was, who's your favorite child, who's your favorite dog? There is no way I can pick a favorite dog. A uh, child, I do that daily, depending on how they act. You know, sometimes I, none of them are my favorite. And then depending on who spends the least amount of my money, well, actually, it's really Sydney that just does that anymore. Right. So when she spends my money, she's on the low on the totem pole. So with the kids, it's a daily thing, and they know it. They understand it. The dogs, my God, Hank and Harry. Harry is four. Hank is going to be ten. There are there are They're boys. Completely different. Like, completely different. So. Complete. Hank it's is just like kids. Like yeah. you love different things. About you do. Them. Hank is a head-on, just just. Straight ahead, runs through anything. You mean Harry? I mean Harry. I'm sorry. I mean yeah. Harry. Harry and Hank is uh, Hank is a lover. Hank is dainty, a little. You, you said Harry's the wedge. Harry Harry is the. Remember those guys that ran down and kick off and dove into the three guys that can't do it anymore. The wedge buster. Yeah. Harry's a wedge buster. Yeah. And Harry could bust wedges. He could. Yeah. He could. Yeah. Hank is not. Hank's sitting on the end of the bench watching everything. For sure. Yeah. Okay, I'll let you be solo. I'm gonna leave now. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like I'm like I'm really gonna be solo. I mean, it's over half of the podcast probably. Because I wouldn't shut up. The way right? you go. Jeez, yeah. oh man. Oh, and Hank's even leaving me. Hank's walking out with you. Yeah. Harry already ditched me. So I'm truly solo right now. Okay, um, some of the other things to to chat about that we just saw was uh, congrats to the Dodgers, World Series champs over Tampa Bay. They do it in six games. And a couple of controversial things, one on the field, one off the field, uh, as far as Tampa Bay is concerned and the Dodgers are concerned. Uh, first, there's the situation with the Dodgers and Justin Turner. Now, I know they had some inconclusive COVID tests, and Justin Turner was playing in this in the game, in game six, and then they found out at some point in that game that his test was positive. So during the game, they basically baseball told the Dodgers, hey, get this guy out of the game and off the field. So they he was off the field. He went into the to the clubhouse and they said, you got to isolate. You can't go near anybody. And after the Dodgers won the won that game six and won the World Series, uh, Justin Turner came back out onto the field to celebrate with the players. Uh, and supposedly went past all the security that was trying to stop him, didn't listen to them, and went on the field. He was around the players, no masks. There's pictures out uh, out there with the team, no masks. Justin Turner right there uh, with them. The league is now investigating it, uh, seeing uh, who's their security or the Dodgers' security, how he got by it, what happened. In all likelihood, he is going to get fined. I don't know if he'll get suspended starting next year. I guess that will be in conclusion of the investigation. And and I know a lot of people have been giving their thoughts on what they think of it. I certainly can understand a player 
even though this was a 60-game season and everybody wants to put asterisks all the, all the sports this year, these players are still out there playing, still out there doing what they do, doing what they love, and they got to the final result, which is they won the World Series near the champs. So he wants to go out there and celebrate with his guys. Now, I, I understand that part of it. Obviously, it could have been handled a lot differently. They could have let him out there, explain uh, you know, the situation to everybody at that point, and, hey, let's get a picture of everybody. Because they all have masks there. Some just have them on during the game. Some don't have them on at different times. Everybody put a mask on, get a picture with him in it while everybody's masked up, if you can do that, and then have them go away. That way you can kind of get the best of both worlds. Acknowledge, you know, you knew at that point there was a reason he was out of the game because of the COVID test. But, you know, in the hoopla of after the game and the celebration, he went past security and got back out there and just started celebrating. So... From his part, I would, I'm sure there will be those. And I would think to some point I would agree that's a bit reckless uh, because everybody's got a different situation out there, whether from their immune systems or they're now going back to their families after the World Series because they were in kind of a bubble uh, situation. Now they're going to go back to their families. And he went out there with a positive test with the other players, with no mask on, and then they're going to go home to their family. So a bit reckless on his part. Again, I understand the exuberation and want to be out there and celebrate. I just think it could have been handled differently where you could have got maybe the best of both worlds by everybody getting a mask on to do a picture like that, that you had it, and then have him isolate afterward. I don't know. You know, it's a, it's one of those hindsight, figure out the 2020 perfect situation uh, to to it. But... Um, uh, you know uh, something is going to happen. There's going to be at least a fine, if not a suspension, for Justin Turner. But congrats to the Dodgers for winning that game. And, and one of the reasons they won, a lot of people think, is because uh, Kevin Cash took out Blake Snell. Blake Snell was was dealing, absolutely dealing this game. And the manager took him out, and you see what happened. The Dodgers end up winning the game. And there, there's some components to that, obviously, is... Uh, the, the fact that Tampa Bay couldn't score anymore either, uh, and the fact of, of what happened when Blake Snell came out of the game. So everybody was talking about analytics, analytics, analytics. The analytics say this. The analytics say Blake Snell, third time through an order. You know, <clears throat> what his ERA is, what his OPS is, what, what, what all the different things are uh, going third time through the order. And, uh, it, and it turns out other numbers said he has worse numbers going the second time through the order than the third time. You can break down numbers until the cows come home. And here's the one thing I'll say is we all use that term analytics now, and some people use it in favor, and some people treat it like the F word, you know, like, like, it's, like it's danger. And my, I, I guess my point is now there's a lot more numbers, I get it, but analytics have been around forever, forever. What they used to be called a lot, one word was trends. When I would get a game plan, when I was playing football, I get that game plan on Wednesday. You don't think a lot of things in there were based off the analytics of what a team did on on first and 10, second and seven plus, second and less than seven, third and less than five, third and five plus. It was all broken down in there. Everything. All the different situations, what they do in two minutes, what they do in goal line, what they do in this formation, what they do in this personnel. Is it 10? Is it 11? Is it 12 personnel? You know, everything is broken down in our game plans. That's analytics. That's been going on forever. 
And what you do, in my opinion, with analytics is you use it as a piece of your information. Okay, I watch tape. I watch a guy and see how he plays. I try and get tips from how he plays. I watch a team and based off the game plan, what do they do in that formation? Well, they can do one of five different things. Well, then can I watch film? And now by watching film, can I look at a lineman or a back and see him leaning or cheating one way or another that now gets it down to three possible plays for me? So I look at analytics or trends or game plans as a piece of the information, not the end-all, be-all decision-maker, not that says, this number says this, so this is what you're going to do. I don't think anything is absolute like that. I think it all gets put into the equation, and then it falls on the coach or manager, depending on your sport, of how they want to use that information. And obviously, Kevin Cash wanted to use that information by saying, I'm going to pull him out of the game. And what are you graded on? You're graded on results. And the results say that that the Dodgers went on to win, so everybody's going to say that's a bad move. When in reality, that's what Kevin Cash used that as his decision maker and pulled him out. You know, you, you, you could do it in, in, in blackjack. If I get a 16 and the dealer has a 7 or higher, I hit it every single time. Every time I will hit a 16 against a 7 or higher, the dealer is showing. And you know what? Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. That's my information, and that's what I do. I do it consistently. That's my choice. There are others that will pick and choose on when to do it, and that's their choice. So in my opinion, it is all about taking all the different trends, analytics, numbers, how the game's going, how the player's feeling, how the batters are hitting, everything. That's what a manager slash coach, depending on the sport, has to do. And one thing that has to be involved is your gut. What does your gut tell you as well? You know, and people say you can't do it with your gut anymore. That's just another piece of the information. You know what? And a manager ascends or a coach ascends to that level to be able to make those decisions. And you know what? If the results turn out enough the right way, they keep their job and they get more money. And if they make these decisions and they don't, then they eventually lose their job. So I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, based on the analytical numbers, they needed to take him out. All I would say is, based on the analytical numbers, you put it with everything else, then you make your decision based off that. And we saw what the decision was, and we saw what the result was. So people are going to say, well, the Dodgers won because they pulled Blake Snell. Well, you know, you, like I said, you can't necessarily say that because Tampa Bay didn't score any more runs either. They would have needed to, to, you know, to score another run just to, you know, once the Dodgers got ahead, just to tie them. You know, uh, but the Dodgers ended up scoring more. So it's very difficult to say because of A, then B. You know, it's all part of an equation, and then you make a decision based off of that. And some of it is gut. That's just the way it is, and I don't think that's something that should ever change. So while we're in an analytical world and a numbers world, I also want to let, you know, just remind everybody, analytics have been around a long, 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 long time. They just always weren't called analytics. Uh, over to college football, as I mentioned, I'll be calling the Notre Dame-Georgia Tech game this week, uh, 3.30 on Saturday. Um, you look at what happened last week. The Big Ten came back into play, and boy, some great games there. 
How about that? Congrats to Indiana on the win over Penn State. I know Penn State fans are sour. I know the last play, the two-point conversion, didn't look like he was in. I think whatever was called on the field was going to stay. I think that was just a too tough of a call. You know, as I watched it in slow motion, did the point of the ball break the plane, therefore making everything else inconsequential at that point? Did it not? Was it out of bounds first? It was so close. So close in that one, but what a game we got. If you were just, you know, not a fan of either, obviously, Penn State, but obviously if you're a fan of Indiana, you would be ecstatic over that win. Because when we talked about the Big Ten, people talk about Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin. Well, Wisconsin played the Friday before that, and they had a big win, but I'll get to them in a minute. And Ohio State had a big win uh, as well. It was just Penn State that had the loss. And the big game this weekend is Ohio State-Penn State, which lost a little luster uh, because of the Penn State loss. Though, that luster can come right back if they beat Ohio State. If Penn State loses, they're going to be done. Ohio State's not losing twice. But if Penn State gets this game, uh, then they beat Ohio State, while Penn State would always also have one loss. Now, they're back in, in this thing. And as far as Wisconsin, well, we talked about this. To me, it was inevitable. And I know nothing's 100%. But we've seen cancellations. We've seen postponements. We've seen, you know, schedules shifted around because of COVID. And we knew when the Big Ten came back and when the Pac-12, they're still yet to come back. But when they come back, they have no buffer zone either. They have to go straight to the championship game, the Pac-12 championship game, just like the Big Ten has to go straight to the Big Ten championship game. And now Wisconsin isn't playing. Wisconsin does not have a game this week because they had 12 people testing positive, including their quarterback, six players, six staff members, including their head coach, tested positive. So the game this week is not postponed. It is canceled. It cannot get made up because they have no open weekends to do it. So this was this was the situation they fell into because they said they weren't playing earlier uh, uh, earlier, you know, uh, when, when football was getting ready to start. They and the Pac-12 bowed out. And I thought it was a mistake then. I think you had more of a runway. You could have made that decision weeks later, but they made it then and then went through all the hoops they went through to come back. And now from a football standpoint, because of the rule they made, positive tests for players, 21 days. 21 days. So because it happened during this week, they'll miss at least the next two games, and this one won't miss at all because they ain't playing, because it was it was canceled. So Wisconsin in a tough spot, and, and I don't think they're going to be the last uh, that, that this is going to happen to. So uh, we will see where that goes, but a tough start, uh, obviously, for Penn State on the field and Wisconsin off the field as the Big Ten is back in action. And then some of the news uh, going on in the NFL quickly about the COVID. Everybody saw, saw that the Texans have closed their facility uh, because of COVID. Now they have a bye this week, so that's you know obviously it won't affect them as much. Depending how long the facility is closed, a lot of times in the bye weeks the players are going to get a lot of time off. So uh, a lot of them probably wouldn't be there anyway, depending on what the schedule is going to be. Uh, so that facility is closed. We'll see for how long. And then a couple of guys are back in the league now. Antonio Brown signs with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, and Bruce Arians has said in the first practice he looked really good. And listen, there's no denying the guy's talent on the field. And, you know, you put him with Godwin, you put him with Evans, you put him with uh, um, Gronk. 
And with the way Brady's playing right now, I mean, he's a great weapon for that offense. There's, there's absolutely no doubt about it. But everybody will just be waiting to see what, if, if or when anything may happen with Antonio Brown that we have seen in the past. Let's all hope not. Let's all hope we just get the, the player that we've seen. Now, we still have some off-field issues, some civil suits that, that Bruce Arians has said. If any of that stuff comes up, uh, again, uh, that is different than what Antonio Brown has told them, Bruce Arians said they will cut him right away. So still to be determined what's going to go on with that stuff off the field. Let's see what he can do on the field. And Des Bryant, uh, we know he had worked out with the Baltimore Ravens. He is now with them on their practice squad. Normally, practice squad was not a place for veterans, but that changed a couple of years ago where they could put a couple on there. Now with COVID, they could put more on uh, to have a, a bigger practice squad uh, that involves veterans as well as young players as well. So Des Bryant has been keeping himself in shape, he says. Uh, so let's see if he gets to the active roster uh, coming up soon uh, in the NFL. And in the NFL, you know, you sit there and you look at last week and you look at some of the, uh, the surprises out there. And the one game I had circled and I thought Seattle was going to win it. Uh, but if the Cardinals were to make a move in that division, you got to win those division games at home. And they hosted Seattle, and they got that win uh, in overtime, 37-34. What a, what a game that was. Some interceptions for Russell Wilson, who is, does not throw a lot of interceptions at all. Uh, but that is a big, big win uh, for the Cardinals. And that division is without question, in my opinion anyway, the best division in all of football. Seattle still sitting at 5-1, and one, the Cardinals. At five and two, though they have beaten Seattle now, the Rams sitting there at five and two as well. They travel to Miami and then San Francisco at four uh, at, at four and three. So all all those teams, all of them are above five hundred. Uh, so Seattle plays uh, San Francisco this week. So really, really uh, love what's going on in that division. You had Pittsburgh and Tennessee uh, play as well. Pittsburgh now uh, is the only undefeated team left in the NFL, and they have a great, great matchup uh, this week with Baltimore. I'm looking forward to that. Pittsburgh, by yards per game, is the number one defense in the NFL. Baltimore, scoring defense, they give up the least points of anybody uh, in the league, is number one in the NFL. Now, listen, I'd like to have both those, but if I were to choose one, I'd want to be number one in scoring, right? I'd want to give up the least amount of points. you got a better chance of winning when you're giving up the least amount of points. So, But either way, they're two excellent, excellent defenses uh, going at one another in a division that Pittsburgh, obviously because they're undefeated, is on top, and Baltimore just has one loss. And look at the Cleveland Browns and what they're doing. They still can be a bit inconsistent at times, but they're make no mistake, they are right there, and you have to give them their due for what they're doing right now. Uh, so the, the Pittsburgh-Baltimore matchup I'm looking forward to. San Francisco at Seattle, Seattle at home. Uh, I like uh, them at home. And let's see how they rebound after the Arizona loss. Seattle really got issues on their defensive side of the ball. They got to they got to shore that up because right now, if you sit there and look at the NFC, you'd probably have to lean toward Tampa Bay, wouldn't you? Tampa Bay sitting at uh, at five and two right now, just two losses. Even though Green Bay has one loss, but Tampa Bay smoked them. So you got to be looking at there. Seattle just has their first loss. So I still think it's a tight race where. In the AFC, I think it's more of a two-race team with Pittsburgh and Kansas City, though I certainly wouldn't count out uh, Tennessee 
at this point. Let's see where the Bills go uh, going forward. But if you're asking me who's really at the top, it's Pittsburgh and Kansas City with maybe Tennessee. And then I put Baltimore and Tennessee right there below. But we'll see the outcome of Baltimore and Pittsburgh this week, that game uh, being in Baltimore. As I said, Division games, you usually got to get, if the teams that are fighting for that division title, you got to win those division games at home. And this one is in Baltimore. So looking forward to a bunch of good games uh, this week. I hope everybody has a great week and a great Halloween. I I hope it's uh, able to laugh a little. It's been a, let's be honest, it's been a shitty year. And you just look for little spots here and there that you hope can brighten it up a little bit. And if you have kids out there and uh, you can get them in a costume and smile a little bit, I mean, I, I hope everybody can do that. Uh, get some candy and enjoy it again. If you're driving around on the evening of Halloween, be careful uh, for the kids that are going to be out um, um, trying to enjoy that night, the kids and the parents, quite honestly. So I hope everybody has a very safe, a fun and safe Halloween. And I look forward to talking to you next week on Flying Solo, which again, isn't really Flying Solo. Again, you can find this podcast where the Golic Family Podcast, sorry in advance, is wherever you find that. Subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff uh, that they always talk about doing. If you like it, if not, so be it. That's okay as well. Um, but I hope everybody has a great week. I'll talk to you next week.